Praise the Lord. It's time to get started. It's time to get started. It's time to get started. Simple song says, I feel like praising, praising him. Come on, stand to your feet. Oh, I feel like praising, praising Yeah. 
Because you're God. And dear Lord, there's no other God like you, God. For Lord, you looked at man and saw that he was nothing, nothing but dust. And then you you shaped mankind, molded him and shaped him in the likeness of you. And then, dear Lord, you were kind enough to breathe in his nostrils. And he became a living soul. And after making man, you made woman. And then, Lord, you made us for a reason. For we understand that you don't just do things for no good reason. Father, you made us to serve you. And that's why on today, we praise you, dear Lord. We praise you for our yesterdays. Lord, we praise you for our today. And dear Lord, we also praise you for tomorrow. And we thank you, dear Lord, for sending your son, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the separated one, to lay his head and the locks of his shoulders and to go to a whole rugged cross and die for us. So Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you for our church family 
We thank you for blessing us with a place that we can come and worship you and you alone. And then, Lord, we pray for the man that's going to break the bread of life, that you be with him, that you lead him and guide him. Give him the words to say. And after that, dear Lord, let not the words fall upon deaf ears. Let us carry them everywhere that we go. These precious prayers, we do pray in thy darling son, Jesus, the Christ name. Now let everyone that's under the sound of this voice say amen one time for the Father, amen one time for the Son, and amen one time for the Holy Ghost. Amen. for leading us thus far in the opening service but we have more the deacons are in front now and they are in charge so we ask that they come in their own way but deacons good morning church good morning this is truly a day that the Lord has made um, I'll be your spokesperson for this devotional period my name is Brother Claude Wilson, responsive reading. Brother Mackenzie Crump and family congregational hymn. Brother Troy Luster. Good morning. Our scripture comes from uh, St. John, 13th chapter. It's just one verse. It say now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. May it be that the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and especially doers of his word. morning let us pray father we we come at this moment father we come boldly thanking you for the privilege just to to lift your name up father we thank you for for what you've done this week father you walk with us you talk with us we thank you for the service allowing us all to be here just to, to be here just to praise your name father Father, we ask that you watch over us and guide us in the, in the days ahead. Put your arms around the preacher that's going to preach the spoken word, Father. But also, Father, we want you to watch out for those who are suffering bereavement, Father. Just to remind them that there's not a hurt, that there's not a pain, that heaven can't heal. Keep them encouraged, Father. Somebody's getting ready to go to the doctor, Father. Just remind them who sits on high, Father. Also remind them whose decision, whose judgment, and also God, every doctor, every nurse, every practitioner, Father, allow them to use their skills to the best of their abilities. We continue to thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And these are the blessings we ask in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.
sing this morning uh, in recognition of our communion Sunday. Uh, the blood of Jesus has never left loose its power. Good to know uh, 2,000 years ago, the blood still had that same power.
We st- Sorry about that. Everybody sit down. We stand for the response to reading. <laughs> well, you got a little rest. <laughs> it's printed on your screen. Let us read together. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. That's worthy of repeating. Let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith. Thank you. Remain standing, please. This morning's congregational will be My God is Real. There are some things.
Anybody know God is real this morning? Anybody really know the Lord is real? You can feel him every now and then moving on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Amen. Thank God for our deacons. Thank God for our young people here ready to minister to us. You know, I'm always grateful that that we are an intergenerational church, a church made up of various uh, groups from different time periods. But we worship the same God because he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. 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 There's some things, there's some things about our worship experience that I just want to make sure we don't ever lose sight of. Come on and talk to me if you can. I, there's some things about who we are and where we've come from that can only be expressed the way we do it. Amen. And young people, you, 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 need, to, you need to hear some of this. Because later on in life, it's going to come back to you. And it's going to mean something. Right now, just a song or two, but, but later on, it's going to mean something to you. Brother Graham, come on and line a hymn for us. Come on and line a hymn. Give us one of them old hymns. And let these young folk hear you and, and remember where we come from, how we got over. Take us back there. Church so quiet. <laughs> well, I think everybody ought to have a God that they serve. I like singing his song. He's, I like to see it kind of like my pastor said. Said Paul said sing spiritual song. It makes you feel better. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to sing the same old song because I, I see ain't nobody doing what God said. I love the Lord. That's the one. He heard my cry. My 
children, a deacon would start praying. And while the deacon was praying, a mother would say, when I rose this morning, I said, thank you, Lord. When I rose, I wish the old church would help me out here. I said thanks. And then the, the spirit will start moving and somebody, somebody else said, I wouldn't have religion. I couldn't feel sometimes. I wouldn't have Oh, I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then we had church. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. That's how the old church used to do it, y'all. Yeah. Didn't have all this stuff. Don't get me wrong, I like the stuff. But every now and then we ought to unplug and just go back to what we know. Where we come from and what brought us over. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. Brother Thigpen, won't you come and lead us further in our worship experience?
We're going to get there. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty good. And we're in the house of the Lord, and we have that right. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. How about that? Amen. God bless you. We thank our participants so far, our deacons and pulpit. But at this time now, we're going to pause in our service to just prepare to give in our benevolent offering. And just remember, there are people that this church helps because they have something to do it with. So we ask that you give as you have been so blessed. This is our benevolent offering. The choir is going to give us some words. And, of course, the, our deacons back there, along with our usher people, will do what's needed as you, all you have to do, just raise your hand, and I promise you they'll come to you. Amen? This time now, we're going to ask that we prepare to give in this our benevolent offering for the morning.
Let us pray, church. Almost every gracious Father, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you once again, Lord, for letting us be present in your house of worship. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who definitely is the rock of all our foundation. There's no definitely no better than him. Now, Lord, we ask that you bless this offering. Move in a mighty way across this offering. Bless it. Increase it, Lord. Let it be used for what it is intended to be used for. We thank you in your son Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Just going to share a few announcements with you. We ask that you don't forget to pray for our sick and shut-in members. You probably know who they are. Not just pray anyway. The Lord knows who you're talking about. Also, we ask you to please continue to pray for Brother Gross. He is here today, but uh, he's been through something and asked for the prayers of the church, need the prayers of the church. Again, uh, most of us know that our children are back in school, and they need our support. They need our prayers, too. So we ask that you please do that because they need to get off to a good start. If they do that, in all probability, they'll have a good year. Otherwise, it may go in a different direction. So we ask you to please don't forget our youth. Amen? Also, we ask that you please pray for Aletha Lewis. She's had a back set, and she's quite ill now and asked for the prayers of the church. Also, Mr. Lee Ernest Henderson will be funeralized Saturday at New Galilean Church at 11 o'clock, and we ask you to please pray for uh, him and his brother, and one of his brothers uh, works on the usher board, so we ask you to please keep all of our sick and shut-in members, as well as those who are going through hard times, don't forget to pray for them. Amen. This time now we get some additional announcements from the media. Media. Good morning, Kay Chapel. The Kay Chapel Mission Ministry cordially invites all seasoned women ages 62 and older to join us for our annual Pearls of Joy luncheon. This event will take place on Tuesday, August the 28th in the Willie Wright Center Family Life Gym at 11.30 a.m. There will also be a special recognition of all Kay Chapel women who are age 80 years and older. To ensure an accurate count of attendees, please stop by the Old Fellowship Hall and register today after the 8 and the 11 o'clock services. For more information, you can contact Sister Frances Mooney or Sister Carolyn White at the number shown here. Ladies, Sunday School Class number 14 invites you to donate new or gently used purses that are filled with personal care items now through October the 5th. All items that are donated will be given to shelters for battered and homeless women. The Jackson District Young People's Department monthly meeting will be held here at Cade on today at 3 p.m. All youth are encouraged to attend and participate. Please wear your 2018 Family and Friends Day t-shirt and appropriate jeans. If you're participating with the youth ushers, wear your white polo shirt and some khaki bottoms. Both the Fresh Wind and the youth choir members will render song services and the Youth for Christ Mime and Dance Ministry will perform. If you're on the program, please be here at 2.30, and if you're ushering, we'll see you at 2.45 in the church foyer. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events, and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family. Just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com, or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Well, so we will we'll recognize our visitors, but I think it's a good place to get some additional information that need to be heard. 
Good morning again to those I have not spoken to. I just want to place some uh, special emphasis on our luncheon for the Pearls of Joy on Tuesday. Uh, it's this coming Tuesday, August the 28th at 1130 a.m. Last Sunday, I indicated that the uh, luncheon was only open to women, that I have been corrected. Both men and women are invited to our luncheon on Tuesday, okay? We also need you to register so we will know how many will be attending so we can make preparations for you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Wonderful. This time now, we're going to just pause and recognize our visitors. Listen real carefully. If you are not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite back all visitors. Please stand up. Stand up, visitors. I know we have some more than one. Okay, I, I, amen. God bless you. Remain standing, remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reggie Buckler, our pastor, Metro, Reverend Hans Buckler, all the members of the K Chapel family are just so happy that you chose to wish us today. If you just visit, please come in the time to get the line. But if by chance you're looking for a church home before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you you just found home. And while you're standing, here we go. Amen. This is our fellowship here. I want you to reach out and welcome your neighbor. Welcome to K Chapel.
seated. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We give God glory, honor, and praise for this day that he has given us. Another day to worship his holy name. Another day to glorify him. And for that we are indeed grateful. Anybody know the Lord is good this morning? Amen. Amen. God is a good God. Listen, there's a passage of scripture that, um, that, that ought to get our attention every now and then when we run across it. Um, where Jesus uh, is, is looking at the city of Jerusalem and he begins to weep. He, he looks at his own city and he cries. And there's a lot, there's a lot why that went into the tears of Jesus and, and why he was overcome with emotion. He talked about the city being a city that did not receive its own prophets. There's a lot that was wrong with the city, but I think what, what speaks to me this morning is that when he looked at its condition, it did something to him. I don't know, I don't know if you saw the news this morning, um, but just down the street, there was a murder on this street, Ridgeway, just at that corner. Earlier this year, there was a murder on this corner, Ridgeway and Bailey. This is our street. This is our street. This, this is where we come and worship every Sunday. And I think we would be less than Christian if we just came here today and just did church as usual. Like nothing ever happened. Something happened. Something significant. And Jesus said that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Which means that we ought to be both illuminating and preserving what's around us. I told the eight o'clock this morning I was saddened, but the more I thought about it, I became insulted. I guess my insult was the fact that the devil ain't scared of us no more. He'll bring it right to our street. He ain't, he ain't scared of us. And so it, it says to me and it, as a pastor that the church cannot be silent in the midst of such tragedy. The church just can't have church when its community is suffering. And, and, and I don't mean to get y'all depressed. I really mean to get y'all stirred up. I really, I really mean and intend to get you have a holy anger, a holy madness about what's taking place in our community on our street. And so I told the eight o'clock, I said, listen, I don't, I don't know all that we're going to do, but I can guarantee you this, this week, this church is going to do something this week. This church is going to respond. 
this week, this church will be heard. We're not going to be silent when homicides and murders are taking place right around us. Listen, Jesus said this, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Which means if murder is happening around us, that's the absolute antithesis for why Jesus came. And we can't just keep having church. We got to attack that. We got to address that. And so, and so, and so, I, listen, I'm talking to the Lord and I'm going to be talking to, to a few of y'all. But I, I told 8 o'clock, this ain't something we're going to vote on. This ain't something we're going to debate about. This ain't something we're going to see if everybody in agreement with. This is something you're going to get a text message on and a Facebook post on. And when you get it, I need you to share it and show up. Y'all ain't hearing me. When you get the announcement, I need you to share with your friends and show up. Because we can't be silent any longer. Now, if you're in agreement with me, I, I listen, um, if you're in agree with me, just say amen. Okay, if you're in agreement with me, raise your hand. If you're in agreement, you stand on your feet. I need y'all to show up and let the devil know that he's messed with the wrong church. I need y'all to show up and let the devil know that he's messing with the wrong people. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I need some soldiers to show up, some prayer warriors to show up who will be stirred up and will fight this fight together. We will respond and we will let we will let the world know and we will let the community know not on our watch not in our community not on our street that won't happen here bro robinson that's my promise to you he's the president of verdant edition that's why i'm telling him that that's why i'm pointing him out right now that's my promise to you that ain't gonna happen here it's not gonna happen here amen Listen, uh, something else with our community, I want to let you know the Better Together Commission uh, has been working. Uh, those of you who might remember, the Jackson Public School District was uh, in danger of being taken over by our state some time ago. That was averted uh, with the help of, of our mayor, the Jackson Public School District, uh, along with uh, the uh, governor uh, who created, and, and the Kellogg Foundation, who created uh, the Better Together Commission. Uh, that commission was formed in order to help uh, navigate the process of bringing uh, Jackson Public Schools uh, to a place of where, where it was serving uh, uh, the students properly and, and all the standards uh, were being met. Uh, I'm going to bring the Shambi Lambright uh, to the podium for just a moment because uh, there's a survey uh, that they need and I'm going to ask that that will be made available. Listen, what I need you to do now, here's what I need you to do. Listen to me real good because I know what we do. Uh, it's 11 o'clock service and we're going to lunch after, ap amen, after the benediction. Amen, somebody. So what, <laughs> is what I need you to do. Two things I need you to do. One thing, Nishama, I need you to help me do is um, if people, if we can make that available as they're leaving, but also they're going to be in the back uh, receiving the surveys. But if someone needs to take a survey with them, I need you to let them know where they can get it back to you, okay? So come on and tell us a little bit about the commission uh, and, and how we can help uh, our students here in Jackson Public Schools. Good morning, Kay Chapel. 
Thank you so much, Pastor Buckley, and um, thank you, Reverend Harrington, for helping us um, get here this morning to um, get these surveys done. As you know, our school district needs a lot of help right now. We're in big trouble uh, with JPS. Uh, we're trying to put some plans together um, to make the district better. It's going to take all of us working together everybody in the community. This survey is one way that we can see doing that, to have everyone's voice included in the process of improving the Jackson Public School District. Um, the results from this survey will be put into a report that's then submitted to the school board and the new superintendent. And then, as you know, the work doesn't stop there because then it'll then also be up to us to make sure that what we said as residents and as parents our priorities become priorities for the school district. So please, if you are a Jackson resident, uh, whether you have children in the district or not, please um, take this survey. Um, and if you um, have to take it with you today, um, you can bring it back to our office. Our offices are located in the Masonic Temple um, near Jackson State University on the second floor. Um, you can also um, take the survey online at the Better Together Commission website, and I think it's bettertogethermsorg so you can take it there. Some of you may have received the survey in your program this morning. We tried to leave some out front, so if you have that, you can just bring it to the back, and we'll take it with us, and we do have some volunteers in the back that can take the survey um, after service, so thank you so much. Ms. Campbell, where are you? No? Do we have a Ms. Campbell here? Yes, not. This time now, we're going to pause for time and our service again where we all can participate. And listen, you can't be God-given. Amen? This is our tithes and offertory period, so we're going to ask that you prepare to give. The deacons are providing the opportunity to come. We'll get some word from the pulpit, and consequently, the choir will bring it. A song, but at this time now we ask that you prepare to give as you have been so blessed. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he given will he pay him again. So bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to, for you to receive it. This is the word of God for the people of God. All praises to our God. Fire, ushers.
simple song, simple melody To remind you that you can be The greatest ever Defeated never Even though sometimes you may lose your children well it's time to tell them just who they are train them as they go to let them know that they can go far oh, oh my brother why do you wait tomorrow just might be too late for God gave the provision, made the decision. You can do all things through your faith.
the children are going to bring us the final selection before the sermon for the morning. So we ask you to pray for them and also pray that God may use you in a very special way once we leave this place, even more so. Amen. Imagine. 
interesting thing I talked about being in intergenerational church this morning and brother Graham saying oh him I love the Lord our young people just saying the same thing their way Jesus I love you it's the same message for different generations because he's the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. So for those of you who lined at him with Brother Graham, why don't you just say, Jesus, I love you with the children right now. Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, young people. We do love the Lord. We love him because he first loved us. And this morning, we <laughs> want to talk about how to love. How to love like Jesus. In the gospel according to St. John chapter 13, these words are recorded now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour was come that he should not depart out of this world until that he should depart out of this world unto the father having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end you may be seated in the presence of the lord how to love like jesus how to love like jesus we're continuing uh, as we have been all this year talking about faith and this morning in this particular series the how-to's of faith how to love like Jesus Jesus certainly is the epitome in the examples of love and as 
followers of Christ, as disciples of his, we ought to want to love like he did. When we talk about faith, however, lots of things that we associate with faith. We think about faith that believes in the impossible. Kind of faith that Abraham had when he believed in the promise of God that even in his old age that God would allow he and Sarah to bring birth to their own son. Think about faith, we think about faith to give. The kind of faith that that widow woman had when the prophet came knocking at her door and said, make me a cake. And she took the last bit of meal and the last bit of oil that she had and prepared the man of God a cake, not knowing how she would even eat her next meal. When we think about faith, we think about faith to do the incredible like Gideon did when he fought a larger and more powerful army and won with just 300 men. Faith. We think about faith that obeys radical instructions when God told Moses with Pharaoh's army behind him and mountains to the side of him, go forward. I'll part the Red Sea. Faith. Faith that dares to take risk with God. Faith that steps out into the unknown. And faith that trusts in the face of uncertainty. But rarely do we so quickly make the association between faith and love. But hear me, when it comes to the Christian faith, love is its primary characteristic. Jesus said this, by this, men will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love one for the other. Love then is the principal attribute that qualifies and quantifies our faith as Christians. Love is to be the distinguishing mark of your faith. Love is the high and holy calling to which every believer has been called. Don't tell me how much you study God's word if you don't have love. Don't tell me how long you've been saved if you don't have love. Don't tell me how faithful you are in your giving, in your attendance, with your ministry or your community service. If you don't have love, Paul said, you just run in your mouth. Well, he said it like this. You just tinkling brass and sounding cymbal. Buckley translation, you just run in your mouth. In fact, Paul said, faith that moves mountains means nothing if you don't have love. Try as you might, but as a Christian, you cannot get around the Lord's mandate to love. Faith in Christ, in fact, requires that you practice, that you model, and that you extend to others genuine love. By genuine love, I'm not talking about this worldly stuff that we pass off as love. This worldly love that's more fashionable than it is substantive. Not this manufactured love that we see on reality TV like 90 Day Fiance or The Bachelor. Not this soap opera kind of love that changes with each season and sometimes with each episode. But our standard bearer for love is that which was demonstrated by Jesus Christ himself. 
And if, if we're going to be real with our faith, if we're going to be serious and authentic about our discipleship, if we're going to be serious about being believers, then we have got to get this business about love right. We got to get right about how to love each other. Because most Christians, if we're honest, most Christians are missing the boat when it comes to loving one another. I know you don't want to believe that. You don't want to hear that because you think you're doing a pretty good job. I'm going to show you right now. Most of us are missing the boat when it comes to loving, watch this, like Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we know, we know how to be civil with each other. We know how to be cordial with each other. We know how to tolerate one another. We know how to put up with each other. We know how to get along with most folk. We know how to make friends. We know how to maintain relationships. We know how to manage issues so as not to offend people. But Jesus didn't say do any of those things. He said love one another. Which means that Jesus requires more from those of us who claim to follow him. And if we're going to get our love business right, then we must look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. What does that mean, young people? That means that Jesus wrote the book on what it means to love. And this text helps us to discover something about how. How did Jesus love? How did Jesus love folk that got on his nerves? I know you don't have folk who get on your nerves. You love everybody. Everybody at school, you get along with fine, I know. Amen. Everybody at work, y'all bosom buddies, I know. But it's, a, it's about two or three of us in here who will admit that there's some folk who get on our nerves. Oh, that's more than two or three. And Jesus, Jesus loved his own. First thing I want to talk to you about this morning is that love requires us to go further than we're going, to dig deeper than we're digging, to extend ourselves more than we are extending. It, it requires more than we're used to giving. First thing this text offers us is the idea then that Jesus loved on purpose he loved on purpose it's in the text read it with me he says now before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour was come before the feast of the passover when jesus knew that his hour was come the love that jesus had for his disciples was purposeful love it was love that was full of intention watch this it was going somewhere. He was loving them because as he did so, he wanted that love to do something in their lives. It was purposeful. It was intentional. Because when he finished loving on them, he said, watch this. Now as I have loved you, you love one another. It was purposeful. It was intentional. He said, I'm going to show you how to do this, but now I don't want you to just say, my goodness, that was a good sermon. 
I don't want you after I'm finished loving on you. See, wow, that was a good, that was a good. No, he said, after I've done this and after I've finished this, you go out and do what I've done with you, with each other. It was on purpose. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that as we love people, our love ought to be of such that when we're finished loving on them, that they are better people. That our love for them has taken them to the place where they want to get deeper in their faith. They want to go deeper in their love for one another. They want to get their love business right. Why? Because we love them so well. Love them on purpose. Love them on purpose. The love that you give should be so outstanding and so remarkable that it challenges people to change, that it inspires people to grow, that it guides people to the reality of the truth of God's love. The way that I love you ought to reflect how God loves you. The way that you loved your loved ones ought to reflect the way God loves them. And when they see how you love them, they are reminded, wow, God must really care about me. To have somebody so loving in my life. Are you hearing me? It's on purpose. Loving on purpose is made more possible in light of the fact that we have, all of us, a limited amount of time. It's in the text, y'all. It says, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, Jesus knew that he had only so much time with his disciples. And hear me, hear me, you only have so much time with the folk around you. You're not talking to me in here. He understood that there were only so many opportunities that he had with them, only so many moments that he could share with them, only so much time that had been promised that he would take with them. With, with them. And so as such, he had to be very purposeful and intentional about demonstrating his love. And when he knew that his time had come, if you're going to love like Jesus, young people, if you're going to love like Jesus, Season saints, you must first love with the realization that your time to love is limited. You don't have forever, watch this, you don't have forever to treat folk right. You don't have forever to let folk know that you love them. Getting real quiet in here. You don't, you don't have forever. You don't have forever to love people the way that you know you ought to be loving them right now. You don't have forever to do right by people who you know that you are not doing right by right now. You don't have forever to demonstrate the love of Christ to the people whom God has placed around you, the people whom God has given you. You don't have forever to do right by them. And that brings me to point number two. He loved them not only purposefully, but he loved them personally. Listen to the text again. When Jesus knew that the hour would come and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own. Stay right there. Having loved his own. He loved them personally. Having loved his own. Listen to me. When it comes to demonstrating love, be sure that you don't leave out your own. 
sermon right there. When it comes to demonstrating love, make sure you don't leave out your own. So many times we're busy loving on everybody else except our own. We look over our own. We do right by everybody else. We call everybody else. We check on everybody else. We see how everybody else is doing. Y'all looking at me like I'm lying. You know I ain't. We, we do for everybody else. We go for everybody else. And we do not do the same or show the same for our own. He loved his own. His own. And the sad thing is some of us have grown comfortable with the reason for why you don't do for your own the way you do for others. When love should compel you to do just that. Listen, if your love is authentic, it must begin with your own. Because I read somewhere that charity begins at home. You checking on everybody else and ain't checked on your own? Something wrong with you. You making time for everybody else but don't have time for your own? Something wrong with that. Look at me funny all you want to. I'm going to keep preaching. You want to hang out with everybody else but don't have time to hang out with your own? Something wrong with that. And I know you're saying in your mind, but Reverend, you don't know my own. I know you got 10 reasons right now why you don't fool with your own. Help me, somebody. I mean, you, I, listen, I, I get it. I understand. Listen, family is the place that can challenge your love. It is the place where the metal of your love is tested most. It is the place where you are tried and pulled most. I get that. I understand that. But none of that erases the fact that they are your own. They're yours. They're yours. God gave them to you. They're yours. Your biological ones and the ones you married into. Yep. They're yours too. I know you was trying to get out of them. They're yours. They're yours. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Developing the capacity to love like Jesus begins by learning how to love your own. That irritating in-law. That's yours. That awful aunt. She yours. That undependable uncle. He yours. That sneaky sibling. Steal from you. You got to check when they leave the house. He yours. <laughs> that crooked cousin. That naughty nephew. That, that annoying niece. That overprotective parent. All of them are yours. yours and the question is watch this the question is because I know you settled in your mind why you don't deal with them the question is the question is how do you keep what God has given to you because he gave them to you oh yeah 
Oh, yeah, let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. Paul says this. Paul says in Romans 12 and 9, he says, uh, he writes, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. The Amplified Version reads it like this. He says, Love is to be sincere and active, the real thing without guile and hypocrisy. Let me ask you the question. Here it is. First of all, your love for your family, the love for your own, is it sincere? The love that you have for your family, is it sincere? Now, if you say to me, yes, my love is, I sincerely love my, I don't like them, but I sincerely love them. I know, some of y'all think that right now, I get it, I get it. But if you say to me, yes, my love for them is sincere, I sincerely love them. The follow-up question to that is this, and it's in the text, he says, because if you love them, then there will be some activity that follows the sentiment. What is the action that demonstrates the love? Is your love active? Do you actively demonstrate the love that you have for your own, or is it only a sentiment you have that goes unexpressed and unacted upon? Paul says, if your love is sincere, then it must be active. And if it's sincere and active, then it will be without guile, or it will be without being cunning or crafty or calculating. You see it this way, because some of us have become very calculating with our expressions of love. But real love is not crafty or calculating. It's not really about loving on an individual as much as it is positioning ourselves. Some of us who have, let me say it like this. Some, some of us uh, are, are, are loving on our folk. we hadn't done then we've got it covered now now what i did wasn't about i loved you what i did me positioning myself so that you can never say what I didn't do and Jesus didn't tell you to do that Jesus said love them do I have a witness in here I told you a long time ago when it comes to loving someone you cannot keep a scorecard in other words you can't keep up with everything you've done to them and what they have not done for you I called them last it's their turn to call me yeah, I did. I, look, I called. I got. I wrote it down. They called him J July twelfth. I called him, and they ain't called me yet. It's going on September. I wrote it down. And you keeping score? You're not loving. You keeping score? Paul says, if you're gonna love somebody, don't be crafty, cunning, or calculating look at what jesus says as he's returning to the father in heaven he's praying to god in john chapter 17 and look at what he says in verse 12 he says while i was with them in the world i kept them in thy name thou those that thou gavest me watch this i have kept here's the question i want to ask you the ones to whom god the ones that god has given you 
how have you kept them? I'm talking about your own now. I'm still on your own. Your own, the ones that, 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 that you didn't have anything to do with choosing. They were here when you got here. But they're yours. The question is, how have you kept them? Because what Jesus says, as he is returning to God in heaven, he says, Lord, everybody that you gave me, I kept them. I ain't throw nobody away. I kept them. I didn't cut nobody off. I kept them. I didn't hang up and say, don't ever call me again. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. I kept them. I love them, and the text says, he loved them until the end. I wish y'all would talk to me in here. He kept them, those who have been given to you. How are you keeping them? Because hear me and hear me well. When we talk about stewardship so oftentimes, we think that it has to do with the giving of money, but stewardship is only this. Stewardship is how do you manage what God has given you? And God has given you more than money and material, but he has given you people. He has given you family. And the question in that day when you meet your master is, how have you kept what I've given you? All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm going to edit this out. I'm going to edit this out. Get the 8 o'clock for some of these other things. Here, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me go here. Let me go here. Two, two things I want to share with you. Seriously, two things I want to share with you. I'm through. He loved them, he loved them privately, and he loved them without preconditions. He loved them privately, and he loved them without preconditions. Here it is. Interesting thing takes place. Jesus is at, uh, is at the Passover. Uh, they have eaten supper, and, and, and he has washed their feet. Remember, he takes a towel, girds himself, and he goes around, all of the twelve, washing their feet. And when he finishes washing their feet, he drops a bombshell on them. He says, now, now two of these feet that I just washed are going to do their own thing. He said, I washed 12 pairs of feet here, but two of these feet are going to go their own way. And, and you remember how all of them started, well, who is it? Who, who, who going to betray you? And, and, and Jesus, Jesus knew who his betrayer was. The betrayer knew who he was. But Jesus never disclosed to the 12, to the other 11, who he was. In fact, all he did was he looked at Judas. Judas looked at him and he said, Judas, what you do, go do it quickly. And the it's in the text, y'all. Verse 28 says, verse 28 says, uh, it says, now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. In other words, it was a conversation, even though all of them were there, it was a private conversation between Jesus and Judas in the presence of everybody else. What do you say? I'm saying when you love somebody, you don't needlessly, amen, expose their infirmities to other folk. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. 
when, when you love somebody, you, you don't uncover yet whatever somebody else's failings and and faults and, and, and mistakes and misdeeds are when you love them. You, you don't put their business out for everybody else. To Y'all ain't talking to me in here. No, Jesus said, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to keep how you acting between you and me. I love you, and because I love you, I'm going to keep what you're doing between you and me. Peter ain't going to know. Bartholomew ain't going to know. James ain't going to know. John ain't going to know. Nathan, ain't none of them going to know but you and me. And if you love somebody, you don't have to spread the business. I wish y'all would talk to me. Because my Bible says love covers a multitude of of sin. In other words, when wrong is going on, you don't have to tell everybody the wrong that's happening. You just love them anyhow. Love them when they're wrong. Love them when they're acting outside of themselves. Love them when they're not their best. Love them when they've fallen down. Love them when they've gotten weak. Love them when they're not doing as they are. Love them anyhow. And in that place of protection, they will understand, wow, he could have outed me. She could have outed me. She could have, she could have put all my business out there for everybody. But she didn't do it. He didn't do it. That's loving. Let me, let me help somebody. Listen, if somebody shares something confidential with you, keep it confidential. That's loving people. If I talk to you about something and let you in on some personal affairs of my life, don't let me hear about it from somebody else. Come on and talk to me here. That's not loving your each other. That... Last thing, here it is. He loved them without preconditions. Let, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. Young people, you're wondering, how does this apply to you? How can I, how can I love my... My, my, my friends, my peers, my parents. Um, it's an interesting thing because Jesus, Jesus takes uh, a towel and he goes and he washes the feet of his disciples. And he washes all of them. And, and at that day, during that day, there were servants whose role it was to actually wash feet. But apparently, the person who was supposed to wash feet wasn't there. I don't know why he was. I don't know, he missed the bus or something, but he wasn't there. And, and so, because he was not there, Jesus took it upon himself to do what somebody else was supposed to do. I'm helping you, young people. See, because when you love somebody, you, you don't have to wait on somebody to do what they were supposed to do if you know doing it expresses your love to the individual to whom it was done. What are you saying? You're talking in riddles, Pastor. Let me help you. You don't have to wash feet, but you can wash the dishes. Even if it's your brother's turn to wash the dishes, you can do it. Amen. You don't have to wash feet, but you can wash the car. Even if your sister was supposed to do it, you don't have to wash feet, but you can wash a load of clothes. Why? Because it's saying to your mama and your daddy, I love you. Amen. 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 I just didn't hear him. Turn the mics up up there. I didn't hear him. Amen. Here it is. Last thing. 
He loved without preconditions. He loved without preconditions. Too often we make too many requirements for people to receive our love. Watch this. If you act right with me, I'll love you. If, if you do your part, I'll love you. And we, we set up too many preconditions associated with our love. If you reciprocate it, then I'll give it back to you. But look at what Paul writes in Romans 5 and 8. He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ, in other words, we were not meeting any preconditions and Christ still died for us. You were on the wrong side and God still loved you so much so that he let his own son die for us without any preconditions being met. Loving without preconditions. That means that, you know what? I recognize that the love I'm giving, I might not get back. That the acts of service that I give, they may not give back to me. That the quality time that I put in, they may not give back to me. That the words of affirmation that I give, they may not affirm me back. That the, that the physical touch that I offer, they may not touch me back. They may not speak in those five love languages by Gary Chapman. They, they may not give any of that back to me. But that will not stop me from loving them. Which is what Jesus did. While we were sinners on the wrong side, he went to Calvary. We wasn't doing right, but he still died for us. We didn't deserve his love, but he still gave it to us. How dare we walk around proud making somebody earn our love? Who do you think you are? God loved us in our mess. And let his son die anyhow. Simple song says, why did he do it? Because he thought you were worth saving. So he came. Changed your life. He thought you were worth keeping. So he cleaned me up inside. He thought you were to die for. <laughs> and he... He did all of this. He died for us so that we could be free, so that we could be whole, so that we could tell everyone we know of the reality of God's love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Hmm. Yes. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful and thankful we are for your love. We admit and we confess, God, that we fail to love like your son. In so many ways and so many times, we've dropped the ball. We've missed the mark. But God, right now, we pray that you will give us the strength, give us the understanding, the insight, the revelation to get our love business right so that we can love each other as you have loved us. 
Thank you, Lord, for loving us like this. And let us go from this place committed to a deeper kind of love, an authentic kind of love, a love that expects nothing in return, but a love that extends itself more and more and more. In Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray, amen and amen. Mm. worth saving so you came and touched my life you thought I was worth keeping so so you cleaned me up inside you thought I was to die for so you sacrificed your life so I could be free so I could be whole so I can tell everyone I know You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for sacrifice your life so I could be free so I could be whole so I could tell everyone I know you thought I was worth saving the doors of the church are open so you came and changed my life you thought I was worth keeping you can come by letter by Christian experience you clean me up inside you thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So I could be free So I could be whole So I can tell everyone I know could be free so I could be whole so I could tell everyone I know So I can be whole, so I can tell everyone I know.
worship you. Forever. I glory. Forever. I love you. Forever. I love you. Forever. I praise you. Forever. I praise you. Forever. I honor you. Forever. I thank you. Forever. I love you. Forever. I love you. Forever. 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 So I can be free. So I can be whole. So I can tell everyone I know. Bless you. Yeah. Came and touched my life. Mm. You thought I was worth keeping. Mm. You cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. My God, my God, my God. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful, church? That he died for us. We was worth him dying for us. He loved us that much. Amen. Sister Austin wants to make a statement. You know, it's me, I won't use the word matriculating, but going into my sophomore year of college, and I just realized and I've learned that I've grown so much. And something that made me realize was, you know, that God's grace that he gives on us, we don't deserve it at all. And, like, as, like, kids and, you know, young people, as we go through our life and everything, like, I've learned that basically God's grace is, like, undeserved and it's unearned and it's unmerited and kindness of God. And I just realized that, you know, as people and as, you know, children, we feel like we make one mistake. Like, we just, it's, you know, over with. But that's why I was saying, like, kids, like, you know, as y'all go through elementary school, middle school, preschool, even, like, just go through it and just know that God is with you, no matter if you're making a wrong mistake, the right mistake, or anything. So that's why I came down today, because I was telling my mom, you know, I'm like, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm going through it, and I'm going to be fine. So I just wanted to say that and say that. I'm doing fine. Like, all the kids going to do fine. We going to be fine. But I just want to say, I'm everything's gonna be all right now amen amen and all three of them are coming for prayer i understand that we have one who's sitting in for a family member prayer is always in order prayer is always in order let us pray father god we thank you Lord, we thank you for what our eyes have already seen in this service. Lord God, we thank you for what our hearts have felt. But dear God, right now we have a few of your servants who have come forth asking for special prayer, for special needs. And Lord God, we tell them that they came to the right place because we know that you are God that can do anything but fail. We thank you, Lord, now. We ask that you know what the problems are and that you will intervene. Let the devil know that he's a lie, that he cannot stop what your children are trying to do because they have faith that you will make everything all right. So, Father, now we ask that you will bless them. Wherever their faith may need to be encouraged, Lord, strengthen their faith. 
for that family member that we're sitting in for. Lord, you know what the problem is. Lord God, have mercy. Whatever it is, Lord, deal with that situation, Lord. And Father God, we thank you for our little sister who, who, who is letting the world know that even though she's young, she has a strong faith. And for that, we say thank you, Lord. And for wherever she shall go, let her continue to stand firm on your word, knowing that, that you are not just the God in Jackson, but that you are God everywhere, that you see all and you know all, and that you're everywhere at all times. We thank you now, Lord, and we give this prayer to you, and we ask that you will answer it in the precious name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My God. Bless you, bless you, bless you. He did die for us. And this morning we remember the sacrifice of our Savior. He died, he gave his body and and allowed his blood to be spilled for our salvation because he thought we were worth it. Worth saving. So we come this morning as those disciples gathered around a table. Jesus gave new meaning to the Passover meal. And after he had done so, he looked at each of them and said to them, do this now in remembrance of me. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for this time, for this memorial meal and all that it means to our faith. Thank you for the body and the blood of Christ for the salvation that it secured. Oh Lord, thank you for redeeming us, for paying the price at Calvary's cross once and forever. God, now we ask that that love that you demonstrated would not be in vain, but it would be a love that would be carried on and out in our hearts as we do life together with each other. God, now as we prepare to take of this bread and drink of this cup, we pray, Lord, that you would shine the light from heaven upon our souls. And if you find anything, anything that should not be, oh God, we give it up to you now. And we ask that you take it out. And replace it with more of your spirit, more of your power, more of your person, and more of yourself. In Jesus' name, for his sake we pray. Amen and amen.
drink wine together. Let us drink yeah. wine together on our knees. Let us drink wine together on our there's any of you that have gluten sensitivities we ask that you just raise your hand and brother gentry will serve you if you have a gluten sensitivity raise your hand and you will be served let us break bread let us break together. Break bread together.
wine together? Let us drink wine on our knees. Let us drink together on our knees. took bread, break it, and bless it, and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until it comes again. Let us drink together. When they had sung the hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.